Justice for Gabe, though. Justice for Gabe. Yeah, justice for Gabe. Give him the pussy in book four. <laughs> Give him the pussy. <laughs> the monsters i'm em hi i'm s i'm seth and lo and behold this day has come <laughs> the day which none of us could have foreseen <laughs> we are talking about or dedicating i should say our very first episode to a reverse harem series <gasps> you heard that right reverse harem series how exciting <laughs> as in we all read this book <laughs> and this is all thanks to us <laughs> right and her undying, you know, fight for us to read a reverse hair up. It was perseverance from start to finish. She was like, I will not give up until these two women have read this yes. series. Yes. Here we are. And they did it. <laughs> so, uh, today is a little bit different because we are actually going to talk about the first three books in this series because as of the day that we are recording this uh the first three books are out mm -hmm. so that means it is broken bonds savage bonds and blood bonds all by jay brie which is the blood that no sorry the bonds that tie series yeah before we dive into what we think of this series so far yeah what are these books about just you oh. know premise of broken bonds Okay, so basically, um, like you said, there's three books right now that are out, but the first book starts with a flashback, and we see our girl Ollie, who's our main character. Um, she loses her whole family in a car accident, and that starts the events of the whole series. She is found by her a few of her bond mates. So basically, in this world, you have um, bond groups, and um, there's usually a central bond and, like, all the other bonds that um, bond with the central bond. And Ollie is a central bond for five other guys. And um, they find her and they are not too pleased at all uh, that she left them. She literally fled for, I don't know how many years, like, five? No, because it was since she was 14. And she's now 19, it's, right? So that's... It's five, five, five years. Five years. Yeah. So she's gone for five years and obviously, as a bond, you need your, your your bond person. Anyways, so they're all angry. We meet North, who is a councilman, and he is very much like... Hot. <laughs> hot, yes. Um, but he is just, uh, you know, not nice to her off the bat. And then we have Griffin, who she also meets at the beginning. He is part of the tag team who is like, uh, you know, they fight. They're like part of like the militia, I guess, in a way. And then we meet Gabe, who is a university student, and they're all angry at her. She basically is forced to go to university by North, and that's where she spends more time with Gabe. But then she also sees one of her professors is North Draven, who happens to be another one of her bonds. Knox. Knox. Sorry, Knox. North Knox. Same thing. Anyways, I'm kidding. They're not the same. They are so not the same. 
<laughs> Knox is her professor, and he despises her. He despises her scent, the way she looks, the way everything about her. He is hates. wrong. Yeah. Yes, is mm-hmm. wrong, and he despises her. And if he could erase her, he would. That's how hateful he is towards her. Yeah. He humiliates her in front of all the classmates. He's just cruel to her. During all that time, she's forced to join the attack team, and Griffin is kind of like the person that leads that, so she bonds with him in that way. Um, anyway, story continues on, and then we realize that, Ollie, there's more to her than, you know, what what you see, and that her power that comes from her bond, which, you know, each bond that lives inside of the human, um, they all have, like, certain powers. And hers is very much dark, and, like, she's afraid of it consuming her. And she refuses to bond with any of her bond mates. She's just so against bonding with any of them because she fears that her power will overcome her and she just doesn't know what will happen. Mm -hmm. And that's just the first one. Yeah, and I don't know if you mentioned, but like the reason that they are mad at her is because they think that she ran away and abandoned them, which is very much like not done in this world yeah yeah sorry I didn't um mention that. and that she's you know a spoiled selfish girl who's just like fuck this i'm gonna run away from my bonds even though like they probably need me but like whatever yeah so that's why they're mad um and i also did not mention another one of her bonds atlas <laughs> oh <laughs> I, we did not even realize <laughs> should we mention him though Sorry, for those Atlas lovers out there, yes, there is Atlas. He is the first one that is kind to her. He gives her a phone, and so they communicate that way, and they she kind of has, like, I guess, a confidant in that way. So, <laughs> let's start with S. Yes. What did you think of this series, Upon Your First Read? Okay, so just just quickly, I'll say that um, I, I love the series. First picking up this book, I don't think I read anything like it. I think that's what I loved about it. I love the whole bond situation between each person. Um, and I just love a reverse harem where... It, <laughs> you just, Period. You just love a reverse harem. <laughs> I, I love reverse harems. But but I'm starting to notice the more I read reverse harems, I love a reverse harem where the girl is like the main... She's the main person that all her... The attention goes to the girl. Why? Is that not always the case? Some reverse harems have MM in it, right? Oh, right. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other reverse terms where the girl is, she's the main focus, but other guys are also involved and they're not, they get like a lot of attention. Mm. I don't know if I'm explaining right. Are you talking Pack Darling or is that another series? No, another series. Uh, what oh, okay, okay. Uh, the Abducted for the Pack one. Mm. Oh! So she's the main focus, but like everybody's involved with each other. Mm. So she's not as important. She is important, but I noticed that some of the alphas, like, they meet someone else, another beta, and, like, everybody gives, like, their attention to him, and I'm just like... You know what's curious, though? They mention that briefly in Blood Bonds, the third book in the series, when they're talking about Sawyer and uh, what's his guy's name? Gabe? Gray. 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 That they're part of the same Bond group, but they haven't met their central Bond yet, but they're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's another thing I want to talk about, like, the the way the bonds are set up in this book. Um, yeah, but anyways, yeah. I, I love this series. I'm a huge fan. And I'm really happy that you girls gave it a chance. And loved it. I mean, for me, spoiler, I loved it. It just makes me really happy that you girls gave it a chance and you guys seem to enjoy it. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess I already said that I did really enjoy this series so far. 
Um, I'm really happy that you did push us to read this because honestly, I don't think I would have picked it up if it wasn't for you. Um, yeah, I just love Ollie as a character. I think she's such a great female, strong, like she's just a strong character. And like, I love how the story is unfolding to the point where like, I don't even know what's going to happen next. Like, I think Jay Bree is a good writer for that. Um, and yeah, I just, I love the guys minus um, Atlas and Gabe, but I mean, I love them. Meaning, I love uh, North, Knox, and even Griffin. Love them. And I love, like, how we get a brief glimpse into the other couples as well. But I just feel like the writing is so easy to read. And it's just, like, a fun time. So I think I'm the elephant in the room here. Because I was yes. the one that is, like, was the most against it. Um, mm-hmm. I've made that very clear <laughs> on the podcast before. Yes. Um, I will say there's something very uh addictive about these books like you kind of just start it and then I think it was you Seth that said that uh in whichever episode you mentioned it in that like you start reading and then you look down and suddenly you're 50% through the book and you're like what how yes how how are we here and it's not like they're short books like you know they're average length novels Mm -hmm. but they read really quickly and I think the reason for that is because the pace is, like, very intense, uh, which has good things and bad things attached to a pace like that because, of course, it's so intense that something's always happening, the emotions are always running high, and so, you know, you just, it, kept, it, keep, it keeps you, you know, turning to the next page. Yeah. But also the negative in that is that the, the characters rarely get moments of quiet where they can go through process their own emotions and also connect with the other characters on like a more let's get to know each other type of way you know Mm -hmm. so that's something that I both enjoyed and struggled with for the the these three books because I I kind of am craving for these characters to get moments like that mm-hmm. uh, I will say book three kind of delivered a little bit more just because really the I thought it didn't and I yeah I agree with Seth a little bit no yeah. but for me it's it's literally just because the circumstances were as they were where the mm-hmm. characters were separated and kind of had to pause because the plot forced them to pause because they were in a situation where they couldn't really do anything I actually appreciated that for once the characters were like, all right, well, we kind of get like this moment of pause where we can like talk to each other and like try to figure this shit out, you know, without yeah. like constantly being on high alert. But, you know, book three was not my favorite. I will say yeah, that much. that's also me as well. <laughs> I will also say that um, I went through a lot with these characters in the sense that like, where I started in book one, liking certain characters, disliking certain characters. Like, it changes a lot, I feel, with every book. Like, in book two, I was so against Atlas. I was like, why the fuck are you here? You're a pain in my ass. Yeah. Just leave. You're annoying. You're ruining this book for me. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I still don't like it. But then in book three, I was like, whatever. I guess you're there. Like, you're not that bad, I guess. Like, you know, you've kind of changed my mind a little bit. I'm going to go into my grave believing that Atlas is a mole and he's just playing them all so well. Okay. 
I think it's interesting that our first instinct, because he was so fucking nice and just so fucking perfect in every way, I find it interesting that our first instinct was he's manipulative. He is trying to, you know, hide something. He's lying to her. He's trying to manipulate her emotions here, blah, blah, blah. So I find it very interesting that that's not the case, or at least so far is not and he was actually being truthful and that's kind of sad for us honestly like we are so against nice people the world is an an awful place we already know that well yeah but that just reflects that it just reflects that in a sad way we don't trust nice men yeah i know so question so did you guys feel that way from book one like off the bat no i i was kind of like atlas was fine in book one to me like he wasn't my yeah favorite, i but... liked atlas in book one because he wasn't in my face he was just yeah. behind the screen yeah then book oh, yeah. two i was like get the fuck out of here yeah I-, I can't but then book three i was like whatever yeah and uh, okay i know like I- i'm pretty sure he is not a traitor i think He's that's what the author's not. going um but like just the way that he calls her sweetness grates on my nerves. I hate that. I, I love why. that in it's book just... one. I loved it in book one. Book two. I, I don't couldn't mind handle. it. I don't mind it, I and hate I hate it. pet names, so I don't mind it. No, I just I didn't like it. He still gives me bad vibes. I don't know who calls her babe. I hate who whoever calls her babe. I hate when they do that. Is that is that Griffin? Griffin. I think it's Griffin. Griffin calls her babe or baby. I hate babe as a as a. Ugh, ugh. I hate that. What about <laughs> what about uh, poison? I love that. Po- I like poison. I love it. Love it. What does North call her? Bond. Oleander. <laughs> Literally, oh, yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he has a nickname for her. Not yet, at least. No, but I, I like remember. that he uses her name though. That is a nickname, you know. North is my favorite, guys. At this point, listen. In book one, I was like Griffin all the fucking way, mm-hmm. Griffin. Griffin Griffin. Yeah. In book two, I was like, Griffin, 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 you know? <laughs> but obviously, I love me some Knox and North, like, obviously. It's kind yes. of, like, interchangeable, but, like, Griffin mm-hmm. was kind of, like, just a little bit. He had the edge. In this third book, it's Knox. I'm sorry. Like, we're starting Knox, to see a yes. side of that man yeah. that I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready for this broken-ass man to be yes. pieced back together. Yeah, and I'm just happy that, like, Jay Bree decided to give the guys POVs. Yeah, I love that, too. Even the Bonds get POVs. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. North's Bond sounds hella sexy, and I'm yeah. for him all the way. Yeah. That was hot. Okay, so let's actually get into the characters. Let's yes, start yes. with the lady of the show here, yes. Oleander. Oleander. Um, which kind of sounds like Coriander. I don't love her <laughs> Stop name. Stop it! <laughs> Ollie. But h- how do we feel about her progression as a character? Because, like, obviously, sh- things change a lot from where we meet her in book one to where she is at right now in book three. Yeah. So when when I first started, when I picked up the book and I opened it and I and I read it, I immediately liked Ollie, and I felt like I started loving her more with with each book. But for some reason, for the third book, there was something about it that something about her that kind of annoyed me. Something, and I Personally. feel like I I noticed her age a lot more in the third book. Oh, where I didn't feel it in the first two books. 
But I love the fact that how she protects her bonds without us like not really knowing why she ran away from them. That was one of the things that I really liked that she protected them even though they were fucking assholes with her. Yeah, for me, I liked her right off the bat. But I will say that um, one thing that's kind of starting to irk me a little bit with her character mm-hmm. um, is her tendency to just run right into the line of fire. Yeah. With that, you know, and and the thing that I think is annoying me the most about that is that it's creating a kind of repetitiveness in the plot of these books where it's like someone Ollie cares about gets taken by the uh, resistance or whatever they're called and then she runs after them and gets caught and then she saves everyone and then we're back and then oh it happens again and then she does the same thing and you know like yeah that's starting to grate on my nerves a little bit because I'm like can we not see that it didn't work very good the first time so like Mm -hmm. why are we doing this again without really thinking about it or like i feel like in in the third book she she's opening up to her bonds finally you know and kind of letting them in and, and and bonding with some of them slowly but surely all of them but yet she's still having those doubts like what if I get stronger and what will happen and like no matter how many times people tell her like it's fine we will love you no matter what we will be by Mm -hmm. your side no matter what you know what if you're just making this into a you know the worst case scenario when in fact maybe bonding with all of us will actually ground your bond in a way that like you might need and would make you much more in control of yourself Mm -hmm. and it just feels like all these things that she's being told by the, these men around her just go right over her head and she's kind of just not really taking that in. I think that's just like the fear that was ingrained in her by Silas, which is like the big villain that tortured her for two years as a child. Like she is told from then like she, is, she doesn't know her power. She's that strong. And like as soon as she bonds, she becomes stronger. So I feel like as a child, she carried that with her and like her having this strong bond like She's kind of fighting for a presence in her own body with this bond. Yeah, but at this point, she's bonded with three of them. Yeah. And Atlas literally tells her what happened when you bonded. Nothing. Yeah, but also she developed new powers and she did become stronger. So she's like, I don't know, like maybe it's just like it's a hard thing to unlearn as a person. Like, of course, like I'm not in her situation. I don't know. But it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a it's a big thing to unlearn and like you have to believe it yourself before I guess like I guess it's just it's creating kind of like repetitive patterns as far as like her character development you know like it's kind of not we're taking steps forward it's kind of just like we're walking in circles a Mm. lot and Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy about that but then again you know I'm fully aware that there's three books to go so like one can only hope that you know eventually we'll be taking steps forward it's just like you think she's making a, 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 a you know, taking a step forward because she's choosing to bond with another one of them. You yeah. know, not because, you know, not what happened with Griffin where, you know, she was kind of forced into it, mm-hmm. but like actually choosing. But then she turns around and she's like, you know, full of these doubts. And like suddenly she's like, I'm a monster, blah, blah, blah. Which again, like, like you said, I fully understand how that's difficult to unlearn when it's what you've been told your whole life and 
you know, you've been tortured into into believing it, but yeah. I just feel like we're going to have to move forward eventually. <laughs> you know? I agree with that, but also let's not forget one of her bonds, Knox, like is basically telling her all the time that she's a monster, she's a poison, that like, you know, she is killing all these people, you're killing the gifted that were the children that you fought to save. And you but is them. he wrong, like, though? No. I mean, but at the same time, he's, like, hammering in the idea that she's a monster. And despite her trying to forget about it and all of her other bonds telling her, you're not a monster. Like, you do what you have to do to survive. He's there telling her, no, you are a monster. What's wrong with being a monster, though? Nothing at all. It's obviously nothing is wrong with that. But she has a conscience. I mean, sure. But also, he's not wrong. And also, in that scene, when he tells her that, I'm like, oh, shit, he's not wrong, though. And she's like, oh, shit, he's not wrong, though. And then she basically doesn't really have a reaction. Like, she vomits. And then she's like, all right, back to business. And I'm like, hello, did you not yeah. like, take in what he just fucking said? Yeah. Like, you, the people that you are killing for the cause, quote unquote, the cause, yeah. are people. Um, I agree. And I feel like, like, you know, the whole point where you brought up at the beginning where you're like, they don't actually talk about their emotions or like talk to each other about their emotions. That really, this book really hammered in for me that they never did. Like, the third book, like, honestly, like, Knox and Ollie, they bonded great. And he said that he has to right a lot of wrongs, but we never saw that. And also, like, her and Griffin, they said that they loved each other. And I was like, when did this happen? Yeah. There's a lot of, um, just little things, a lot of tell and not show that I noticed a lot in this book that I wish I got to see. Even, like, the simple text messages that they send each other. I would have loved to see that conversation. And I feel like if I would have seen that, I feel like we would have gotten to know the guys a little bit more um at least to see the relationship between the guys mm-hmm. I-, I feel like she could have taken her time a little bit more because you see how much more developed Knox is mm-hmm. which yeah. he's definitely the character that she's taking her time the most with and that yes. pays off because you are actually seeing that relationship between Ollie and him slowly progress. It's not easy and it's slow as fuck, but yeah. like you see, especially from his perspective, that he's talking to her bond and his yeah. bond is talking to her bond. And like he goes into her bed when he knows she's asleep. And like, <gasps> you know, he does all these little things and we know that now. And so the payoff for that relationship is. For me, anyway, I'm pretty convinced going to be the best payoff. I hope so. Of all because, of Because, like, I'm not at all bashing this book. I just, I wanted more for North. I felt yeah. like where he started from the beginning, him being hateful, literally threatening to, like, lock her, cage her down, and, like, chain her up in the basement, and to where he is now, this loving and caring man that, like, would do whatever he can for her. Where did that, like, when did that switch happen? Still a domineering asshole, but, like, you know. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, and I, I understand he told her in book two, he's like, I need something to believe in. I need something from you that makes me want to move forward. I get that. But I also feel like he did a lot of things to Ollie that never really were, he never apologized for. Or like maybe he thought he didn't have to. I'm kind of mad that we didn't get in this book because um, we learn at the, is it at the end of book two that the chip that she got, like the GPS, mm-hmm. was not actually their idea. 
so we learned that and like that was a huge thing for ollie in the beginning like that was a huge no-no for her she was like what the fuck are they doing to me they're literally putting a gps which could literally blow me the fuck away like Mm -hmm. that was huge and then we learned at the end of book two or at the beginning of this book that it's not real uh sorry that it wasn't them it is very real but it wasn't them Mm -hmm. and i was kind of sad that we didn't get the scene where they fucking tell her something about that like oh sorry that makes a lot of sense now why you were so against everything and like so mad at us in the beginning like that's horrible like we would never put a fucking gps on you like of course you thought your liberty was like gone that you had no freedom yeah yeah like those are the scenes of like quiet and like pause that we need (laughs) Yeah. yeah but you know like i said on the flip side, what you get is, like, a plot that's, like, extremely fast. Like, literally, I'm not kidding. Like, something happens in every single chapter. Like, someone's mad. Someone's crying. Someone's, you know, taken a- away by someone or mm-hmm. whatever. Someone's threatened. It's a page turner for that reason. Yeah. Her strength is insane. Like, when you find out what she's been through, like, at 14 and how she was tortured and, like, the way Silas knows how to torture her is mind-boggling and like you know what she's amazing i cannot believe you survived that and still have like your sanity intact in some way Mm. yeah i know but like i can see what you guys are saying about like her in the third book and i i like i see that as well but i also feel like she's like been stuck in the house with like these four five sorry five men and like she doesn't have a bedroom of her own in this new house that they have and it's just like she has no privacy she doesn't even have like i go to my room when i want some peace and quiet and she doesn't even have that Girl. Okay, this is a good entry point because I just want to mention that like one thing I was very much fearful before reading Reverse Harem, something I was very fearful of, was how overwhelming it would be to have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five fucking men suddenly entering your life and being like, hi, we're a part of it and you're just going to have to deal with it. Like, that was a very... And making decisions for you. Yeah, that was a very stressful uh, thought for me, personally. Yeah. But I actually didn't feel that way when I started the series. But I will say that as the books progressed, I started feeling that way. Again, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is is starting to be a lot. Like, I feel like this poor girl gets no fucking time to herself. No, she can't even fucking think by herself because (laughs) fucking Griffin is constantly, like, listening in. Not that, like, he, you know, he doesn't want to. She's just, she doesn't know how to block that out yet. Anyways, so I actually appreciated that in this third book, she did have that moment where she was like, okay, this is too fucking much. I need, like, to step away for a minute, you know? And obviously then she goes with Alice and bonds with him, which, like, okay. Right. Right. What? Like, why? I will appreciate, Jay Bree, that you did not dedicate a whole book to their bonding. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) The shade. But, like, I appreciate that she had that moment because, like, I was starting to feel that way. Like, girl, fucking, this is a lot. This is a lot. So, like, I'm glad she was having those thoughts as I was having those thoughts because I was starting to feel very overwhelmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a a question. Well, remember that conversation you said about having a harem and trying to figure out what to get them for Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, right. So yeah, yeah. can you imagine having a harem? Get, getting a having a harem and getting to meet all the in-laws? Oh god. Most of them don't have parents though, which is Which is a blessing. Great. It's what you want. <laughs> no, well in this setting, no, but can you imagine like yourself in a harem? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, a, a sane harem where too fucking much. How stressful that can be, like no, because what is Christmas dinner gonna be like? And I would yeah. have my own parents, right? And I would want to spend, you know, time with my own parents. But she, like, you have to divide your time, like hour by hour. Which house am I going to? Girl, I am a child of divorce. I know what that is, and I—that <laughs> means I only have two Christmases for now in my life. You know, hopefully, yeah. eventually, three Christmases. But like, it's a fucking lot. So, like, imagine well, six fucking Christmases yeah. to go to. No, thank you. Yeah. No. We're going to pick every guy gets his year, and that's the year we go that's and see the only his way parents, to do it. and then you're just going to have to wait six years. <laughs> Sorry. Or they all get one holiday. You know, you get Easter. You get God. Christmas. You get oh. July 4th. You get... um Your birthday. Canada Day. You get... <laughs> Canada Day. You get them all. Uh, yeah. For sure. And, like, I'm someone who has a very big bubble. Like, my bubble, mm-hmm. very large. And, like, I get overwhelmed even just, like, in family dinners. Like, if mm-hmm. if we have a family dinner, then the next day I just want to be by myself. Yeah. Like, just leave me fun. alone in my own space. Like, I'm tired of seeing people. Like, nothing against those people. I just need to, like, you know. Decompress. Right. And just, like, yeah. be in my own space, my own person, doing my own things and not feeling like I'm, you know... I owe my time to anyone but myself. I feel that, like, during the Christmas break, I guess you can say. Yeah. I felt so exhausted mentally that, like, I needed, like, yesterday and the day before that. So I'm like, I'm sorry, we're still recording this around Christmas time, guys. Yeah, sorry. right, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're still in 2021. <laughs> like, I needed that break mentally. Yeah. yeah. Or else I would not be able to be here today. <laughs> um, speaking of North and Knox, let's get into it because I think that they are probably the most interesting characters. Um, Agreed. Especially when, you know, looked at together uh, as like a duo type of thing, as like yeah. foils of each other, really. Yes. Okay. The thing that I find most interesting about them is that on on the outside, North is the one that's, like, extremely put together. He's, like, domineering. He's got his shit together. He's going to mm-hmm. get your shit together as well. Like, organize everything and make sure that you do whatever the fuck he wants you to do. And, like, you know, he's that kind of man. But then I, I find it super interesting that he's the one who doesn't actually have that much of a hold onto his power. In the sense that, like, it's more... Uh, I think he's he calls it like rabid. Like it's kind of just yeah. it does whatever the fuck he wants. Creatures are very rabid, yeah. yeah. And he's kind of scared of that. And on the flip side, Knox is like the one that's just disheveled and like really doesn't have his shit together. He's chaotic. He's broken. You know, very dependent on alcohol and yeah. He's all of these things, and yet he's the one who has a very good hold on his power to the point where he's kind of tamed them. Mm -hmm. So I love the contrast between them, like how they're literally foils of each other, like perfect contrast. Yeah, I love that too. 
do you think the reason I like we don't have no idea what happened to Knox in his past, but like it seems like it was something that was really bad and really traumatizing. Yeah, very traumatic. But like, do you think the reason could be is that maybe he had to use his bond and like his creatures to defend himself, like same way that Ollie had to? And then also Knox on the flip side, maybe he was like his his I guess his powers are very rabid and like the North, animals that North. he creates with his yeah, bond. Like you're getting the you keep yeah. saying Knox North I said Knox I meant yeah. North yeah. it's like the third time <laughs> well, we get what okay, you're saying yeah, yeah. okay yeah so North maybe the reason why his uh, his animals are very rabid and like not controlled is because maybe he was like worried about his brother the whole time like during like their childhood or maybe he had to like use his powers before they were ready I don't know I just feel like I want to know what happened is where I'm getting at. For sure, I think for Knox, it's, it was a question of survival. I think we're going to learn eventually that he used that power to protect himself in yeah. some situation. And that's why he has learned to tame his shadows and, you know, make friends of them, make protectors of them because, you know, he kind of uses them that way. Oh my gosh, why'd you make that sound so sad? Well, because he had to, right? And on the flip side, North, I think his life is so put together that he's never had time to do the same for his shadows if that makes sense like he's never he doesn't he doesn't have time for that he doesn't dedicate time to that like he's kind of always seen it and I think he fears that power as well just because of what happened with his father mm-hmm. yeah it was his father yeah it was both of their fathers but they had different yeah. mothers okay different moms yeah. um I think part of it is he fears that side of himself but also like just how put together can someone be you know, everyone has broken pieces. Everyone has, can yeah. look very put together, but then mm-hmm. there's always something about that person that's off. So always something yeah. that's just not quite right. No, and also I feel like maybe for North as well, maybe he hasn't given that time or allowed himself to unpack what did happen when they True. were a child, like children, sorry. And like maybe his, like, I guess his monsters reflect that in a way, you know, his inability to deal. We had to become an adult very quickly, very early yeah. on. And protect Knox as well. Like, he's yeah. Knox's protector. Like, one of the things that I want to talk about, what do you think, I think it's in book two, where Ali spends the night in his room, and he's laying on the couch, and all his creatures are everywhere. And then North mm-hmm. comes up and talks to him. And there's a moment where he says... Like you, you're keeping me here. Like I understand that's your bond. I understand that she's here, um, yeah. but he mentioned something. You're you're keeping me alive, and like I'm allowing that. Let me see if I can find the quote. So it just makes me think. Like is is he is he suicidal? Because he's saying like you're. I'm allowing you like to keep me alive. I don't know if you girls remember something like that. Clearly, whatever happened to him, he abhors touch. He cannot, like, as soon as Ollie touches him, mm. he has to go shower. Something clearly happened in his past yeah. that, like, has damaged him beyond repair. That fucking scene in book three when she's like, oh, you just do what, what you're told like a good little boy and his reaction. Yeah, yeah. and it triggered him. Yeah. I feel like he was groomed and abused by by their father. Or his mom. His mom died when he was young as well. I don't know. But then the father seemed pretty... Because they say a Bond can't kill another Bond. And yet he did. Yeah. And they did talk about 
the darkness that was in his father. So I don't know. Either yeah. his mom did or his father did. But I feel like maybe yeah. his father did. And maybe his mom tried to protect him. And that's why he killed her. I don't know. Yeah. Because he also does mention something like... Not about bonds, but I don't even know if it was romantic, but he did mention something about, like, I don't know what it was. I don't remember anymore, but, like, it was something about, like, a relationship, but, like, it wasn't a relationship. I don't know what it was, but it was just, like... Atlas, his sister and, like, his parents, he was, like, there's no love between any of these people. And then he was looking at his relationship with Ollie and, like, all the guys, and he was, like, this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but back to Knox, I think he mentioned something, like, how he knows how it ends or something. So I think maybe he was referring to his mom. Oh. Like, in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. bonds. And, like, he sees and he can't believe how dependent all the men are, like, towards Ollie. There's a lot to unpack with him. I really hope she takes her time. Like, I'm good if they don't bond until book six. And, like, to be honest, I hope they don't. But then book four is called Forced Bonds. Mm. So I don't know if maybe his bond and Ollie's bond kind of, like, force them to bond. Like, maybe they overtake them and they have sex. Mm. And then maybe Knox is just very much traumatized by it. And maybe they're not together. What do you think about the whole thing where her bond is like you're the dark god and like they do mention a few times that like north's and nox's bonds are different than the other guys yeah what do you think of that like what do you think that means uh you know she mentions at one point her bond mentions at one point that like she and and the two nox and and north we're made of the same thing or like whatever and like she calls us nox's bond dark god i don't think she does with uh north she calls it something else like the, the dark one the dark no she tells it the dark one but she precisely said that nor nox's was dark god yeah oh like she and then she refers to her bond as god as well a goddess yeah like a dark god as well so like i was like okay that's interesting it's like nox's is something other than Norts and then both of theirs are also different from the other guys like I don't know there's something there I do think that they're they might bond in the next book but not like because they want to not because he wants to it's because of the bonds right the bonds yeah because this book really like hammered in that the bonds want each other. Like they would just they're willing to just even talk to each other how much they want to be around each other. I will mm-hmm. be okay with it only if things don't suddenly change. Yes. I need agreed. that if that happens, I need that to be the angstiest fucking shit that ever happens and for them both to be like that shouldn't have happened. What the fuck do we do now? Like I don't want them to suddenly need each other. Yeah. I need them to be like, oh, fuck, we bonded. But for Knox to still be like, that doesn't fucking change shit between us. Like, yeah, I don't want you in that way. I Yeah, I don't want that to change yet. I need it to be like, I don't need, I don't even know how I want the relationship to go. But I just I feel like putting them together romantically is not should not happen yet. Putting putting them together sexually, like maybe, yes, like their mm-hmm. bonds take control. OK, I'm OK with that. And then where do they go from there? And, like, Knox is still very much... I almost said North again. Knox is still very much hateful and, like, villainous and cruel towards Ollie. I need that. Yeah. We're not done with that yet. it is different if their bonds have sex than if they have sex. Like, if their bonds have sex 
and both of them are unconscious during it, then we could, I, I would be okay with that because then that would mean that we could still have a long way to them willingly having sex with each other yeah. later down the line, like as who they are and not, yes, you know, through I, their Yes, and bond. I'm so down for that. Like imagine how that would be and like he wakes up with like, you know, the feel of her or like whatever on the him fucking and, like, scent of her imagine him waking up with the scent of her he would fucking vomit all over that room yes yeah. i want that and for her to be <laughs> like do i fucking disgust you that much and and for him to not be able to say why yes i need that angst yeah jay Bray, we're writing this book for you like come on <laughs> <laughs> can we also talk about um poor gabe guys poor gabe listen justice justice to my boy gabe okay he's been waiting like a patient <laughs> good boy since book one he was such a sweetheart okay i know i know in the first couple chapters of book one like he was an asshole but like he's the youngest all right like he's just doing what his big brothers are doing okay but then quickly he was like okay maybe ollie has got some rights and, like, he became a friend to her and a good friend mm-hmm. at that. Like, he's very loyal. And I just want to say, I know that Seth is, like, he's boring. I don't care. He's met. But, like, we all deserve a Gabe in our life, okay? Sure. Gabes are rare, okay? And I love that he's there. I think all he needs and deserve a sensible, good guy like Gabe in the midst of yeah. these chaotic, dom- domineering assholes okay yeah okay i will agree with that point because even atlas is very domineering and like you know right off the bat is trying to protect her even though she can protect herself Mm -hmm. i will also say that i did like gabe post uh rescue in the sense where like he takes her away and she has a quiet moment with him on like the couch in the corner somewhere and like they kind of have Mm -hmm. a conversation there i did like that and i feel like gabe is is solid he is he is like safe and like you said she does need that so he did win some brownie points in this book he's safe that is such a good word Seth. he is like her safe safety net in all of these men like she knows she can go to him and he will just listen to her yeah he will literally just fucking listen to her how fucking amazing is it to know that you have a man like that in your life who you can just go to and you know he doesn't expect shit. And like, mm-hmm. let it be known, he was the first one who ever accepted you and was kind to you. And he knows you bonded with a bunch of assholes before you bonded with him. And he still welcomes you. Like, what the heck? This guy went throughout this whole book without being bonded to her. I know, but he's just, he's a puppy. Like, I just, he is. Justice for Gabe, though. Justice for Gabe. Yeah, justice for Gabe. Give him the pussy in book four. (laughs) Give him the pussy. (laughs) Is he is he the one on Goodreads that you said he? No, it was Griffin. It was Griffin. Okay, it was Griffin when he was um, you know, choking her a little bit. Guys, (laughs) the sex is so hot. I was like, ladies and gentlemen, he. No, and, like, yo, Griffin and, like, him eating her out for, like, hours. 20 fucking minutes. Like, yeah. meeting with her on his face. Girl, she came 20 times. And then he was like, yep, I'm just going to spend my day with your pussy juices on my face. Yeah. 
<laughs> and North was like, are you kidding me right now? He's Ben. I love <laughs> it. The hell? Love to see it. Can I ask, though, um, what did you girls think of the threesome? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah, I loved it. But Marge, okay, so you're someone that didn't want to read about, you know, more than one person having, not yeah. more than one person, more than two people having sex at the same time. <laughs> more than How one did you person. Feel about it? <laughs> it's difficult for me because it's not something I find hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the same reasons that I don't love multiple partners, I find it overwhelming. And especially when you add in sex. I just find that very overwhelming. Like, from a female's perspective, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about that that makes me uncomfortable, to be perfectly honest. But mm-hmm. the other reason why I tend to not like those scenes in books is because oftentimes they're thrown in with little to no buildup to it. And then they're yeah. dropped out of the book afterwards. It's like, it just happens. It's there. And then it's just there for shock value. And then the characters never fucking mention it ever again. Mm-hmm. Or it had, like, no... No uh, purpose. No, no. No purpose. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. move the plot forward. Yeah. didn't move the romantic arc forward in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of felt that way here. Like... Really? I feel like, especially with how these books are set up, and especially with how important sex is in these books for what it means and for these characters for what it means for them you know not just because of the bonds but just like you know personally what it means to them i feel like the sex scenes were important up until that point because you knew that that was a step forward for ollie and a step forward for whatever men that was with her and it's important for them to share that moment together as two individuals just connecting on that level for me, this the the scene was kind of just like it happened. Did it do anything for the romance arc? No. To be honest, I feel like they've already established like emotions that we didn't see, so I don't. So know they didn't they did establish it. shit. That's what you're saying. They established emotions that we didn't see. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I the way that the romance unfolded is more like it happened off page, at least for me. Was it a bad scene? No, of course not. But like, I'm obviously prejudiced against those things yeah yeah, yeah, i just i'm already coming at it from a place where i don't like this sort of thing so like yeah for me was it a good scene Eh. you know i didn't hate it i wasn't like oh my god skipping over it like i read it obviously Mm -hmm. but could do i feel like the book could have been just as good without that scene yeah like i would have preferred the book without that scene but that's me and again like there's absolutely nothing wrong with having threesomes in your book i i loved it um <laughs> as did you did you like it oh yeah i love uh threesomes in my fiction so <laughs> i thought i was gonna be that person that like i didn't want to see not swords crossing but sandwiches sandwiching happening in a reverse harem but uh i read it and i was very much into it i I loved it. I felt like... Especially with them two, right? Griffin and North. Like a, a threesome with, with Griffin and North. Like, I I loved it. I, I could have seen it with Knox and Griffin because they're besties. And I could have seen... Well, obviously That's not weird. now. Not at this point in the series. Or with Atlas and Gabe because they've become kind of I could close. definitely see it with them. But North and Griffin, I kind of... I don't know. But... Going back to the scene, I loved um, Griffin and North, like, the way that, mm-mm, the way that they speak, mm-hmm. the way that they fuck, 
I was gone. Loved it. But I also feel like it's kind of alluding to, like, I think the scene, the, I can't speak today. The point of that scene, at least in my perspective, was that it kind of, like, shed a light on Ollie's desires and, like, what she kind of wants in the bedroom. Because it is later on mentioned, I think, North or Griffin. I don't know who, whatever, who was ever, like, I don't remember in the end. Griffin is like, I know about the orgy you fantasize about. Yeah, so I think Mm -hmm. it's alluding to, like, an orgy later on in the series because that's what Ollie wants. I feel like she does want to have all of them at once. But I don't like if the orgy happens, okay, but I don't I can't see Knox being a part yeah. of that. Unless like it's like the epilogue and like he is, you know, sure of himself and like mentally he's healed a bit somewhat and he's a part of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's kind of icky to have brothers in an orgy together. I will take two dicks any day of the week as far as long as they're attached to the same body (laughs) three dicks (laughs) attached to the same body we'll take it north fucking her with his dick while his shadows fuck her another way i will take it oh we did not even talk about the shadow tentacles with north right yeah i'm i'm sad they didn't go in though they kind of just stopped and like no they played around i like i was not ready didn't they yes. open her up? They or did. am I just imagining that? Right? They did. They did. And I was not prepared. Your girl was not prepared. But they didn't go in, you know? I was waiting for, like, shadow penetration, you know? I was here for it. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. We're going to get the real dick. But, like, yeah. I was intrigued. You know what? Maybe. Maybe down the line, Jay Bree, <clears throat> if you're listening to this, um, shadow penetration, this should be a thing. Yeah. Even if it's, like, through the back door and, like, something else is going on in the front door. Let's use the back door a little bit more. (laughs) I feel like all these men have, like, their kink. Uh, Griffin was very much into um, choking. North was very into tying up with his shadows and spreading you. And And edging. edging. Yes. And then Atlas was very much into the spanking thing. I just, what what is Gabe's thing and what is Nox's thing? Let's discuss. I don't even know. Gabe would be like the one that makes love to you, you know? <laughs> like the human one. <laughs> I can see that. Definitely. Knox, as he is now, probably fucks hard. And maybe, maybe he's into degradation. Is that a word? Yes. Maybe maybe Gabe is into uh, praise, praise praising. Kink. A praise kink. I don't know about Gabe, but I feel like, I don't know. Knox, too, I don't know at this point. I just want to be make it very clear. Like honestly, I love Gabe. Okay, I I <laughs> I really do. Okay, I just I feel like he will not get enough love in this series because he is the nice good boy, and like any day of any day of the week, I hate the nice good boy, but Gabe. Okay. Yeah, this is why I'm, we we like yeah. his brand of nice. This is why I'm kind of shocked that you love Gabe so much. It's because like you don't usually like the cinnamon roll, the sweet guy. But I think it's because he's such a contrast to the mm-hmm. others that like mm-hmm. I feel I feel like we need him here. Okay. In any other book, I'd be like, whatever. He's the fucking jock. Like I don't care. But here, I'm like, no. I actually see the purpose of your presence here, and I appreciate <laughs> your presence here. Can we pause a little bit and like rewind uh, in regards to Kieran and my theory about him? Oh my him? gosh, yes. Was your theory that he was going to be another of Ollie's 
spawns or that he was going to be. Yes. When she mentioned at the beginning of book three where she pretends like, yeah. oh, he's my bond at the beginning when she's ca- when they're captured. I screamed. I'm like, yes, I knew it. And then later on, she's like, oh, no, let's just pretend. I'm just like, ah. Like, I deflated a little bit. I really thought he was, like, the the true fifth bond and Atlas was, like, out. Like, he, yeah. like, used whatever, like, serious yes. mind control and, like, you know. How did you feel about him being part of Sage's bond group? Since I didn't get to have him or Ollie didn't get to have him, I'm glad that she got him in her yeah. in her group. But I wish I would have gotten to see them form a relationship or seen more of her and say i mean sage and kieran and also riley like what happened to him how is he doing is he healing is he part of this group again like yeah what's going on there yeah i don't like how ollie is like oh i fucking hate his guts even though like i know that technically he had no like he he just isn't aware of what he's doing and i'm like girl come on like give the guy a break his brain is literally being brainwashed (laughs) yeah by his quote-unquote girlfriend like come on yeah i I don't like how she's like super cold-hearted towards him after knowing that he's been fucking brainwashed i think it's more so like on her friend's behalf like she saw how much like sage went through like mentally emotionally that like it's kind of hard to separate despite knowing full well that he was brainwashed and like he was being mind controlled um Mm -hmm. i don't know but then if Sage understands that and she's good with it and she's like, all right, we'll deal with that when it comes down to dealing with that. Like, I just don't think it's your fucking place to still hold on to that grudge. Yeah. It's not I could see that. your business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but back yeah. to Kieran. I kind of would have preferred for him to be one of Ollie's bonds. Like, yeah. I feel like there was more of a buildup there. Because, like, I can totally see, totally see why you guys, that was one of your theories. I can yeah. see that in the books. So then when it turns out that it was Sage's, I was like, mm. Mm. And then on top of that, we don't even get that reaction from either Sage or no. Kieran, really. Because we get it from Ollie's perspective yeah. where she notices that, like, she healed him when she tried to heal, um, what was his name? West? No. Uh, Felix? Uh, Felix. Felix? Oh, where did I get West? When she healed Felix, <laughs> she, you know, healed uh, Kieran as well because it was just her bond doing it, its job. So we do get that from Ollie, but then, like, literally next scene, it's like Sage walks in and she's like, yeah, Kieran's also my bond. Like, No, I, yeah, I mm. feel like I, this book moved too quickly for me. I I needed, I needed more, like, emotions in the third book. I felt like it was, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed a lot of it. I just felt like we ha- didn't have the conversations that I thought we were going to have in the third book. And that being on emotions yeah there was things missing that it needed to have emotions feelings like it was it was missing a whole lot even though we got a lot i think this book focused more on like the action and the plot and like the whole thing with the resistance but i i'm hoping that like the like latter books maybe they focus on like latter later later books that the later books focus Mm -hmm. somewhat on the emotions and like you say like they have like a, a quiet you know like quiet chapters or like they actually talk about things but anyways back to what you want to talk about marge oh right right uh i feel like honestly a lot of sage's storyline is kind of out of nowhere and for me that plot twist at the end of book three did not hit whatsoever because 
it came out of nowhere. Okay, so let's set up the scene. So basically, um, the whole, as they moved into this new place that North and the other councilmen, like, built for all these people, they find out that they have a mole or, like, someone that's working with the resistance uh, to drop their shield to contaminate the water. And at the end of the story, uh, North sends an image to Ollie in her brain, and it's Sage dropping the first shield. And that's when you realize she's part of the resistance, or we don't know. But that's how the, the third book ended. You were underwhelmed. <laughs> I have nothing against a plot twist, but only if when it happens, I'm like, right away, I'm like, I can think of instances where yeah, okay, okay. that was kind of dropped into the plot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, now mm-hmm. that I think about it, like, she was leading me towards that. And I just wasn't seeing it until now when it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm pretty fucking convinced there's nothing before this point that shows you that that could have happened so i don't know maybe we're being tricked as the reader maybe the footage was being yeah manipulated manipulated and it's not really her and it's to cause trouble you know that's possible and if it turns out that way then i'll be like yeah okay that's great like makes sense great but if it doesn't Mm -hmm. turn out that way i'm like to me that's actually i don't want to say bad writing but it's just like bad plot twists when you can't yeah. piece it back together. I personally can see it being, like, another Giovanna case. You know, like, it's another, like, maybe she's being mind-controlled. Maybe, like, I don't know. Because I feel like there's no, like you said, there's no instances that, like, indicate that she could be a part of the resistance. Like, a sympathizer or whatever. There's none. She's always just been there and, like, been a good friend to Ollie. And, like, her presence has more so been, like, she reflects, I guess, Ollie's conscience or, like, her, I don't know. Like, they they, are, they have a bond there. Like, they are such good friends that I don't see how this could have played out that way. So we find out that Sage ended up uh, betraying yeah. them at the end. And I just kept thinking back, like, if there were moments, like how you mentioned, like, there weren't moments that throughout the series that could lead up to her betraying her. So I just kept thinking back when they first met, um, the fact that her own bond group was being manipulated yeah. by Giovanna. Um, the fact that I think Giovanna's sister is involved with the resistance and she's a lawyer that's involved with North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys catch that? that? Daniela or Danielle or something like that. Like for me, I think she's just being manipulated. There's no way that she could have done that. But then there's that possibility like what if? But I just don't see Kieran being a part of that. Well, Kieran wouldn't have known. But they were to that, that's the thing. Like think back at, at in the third book, they were together. North wanted Ollie to go get no Griffin wanted Ollie to go get Sage because Kieran and Sage were stuck in some truck, and Kieran was being distracted. So then, how did they not pick up that Kieran was part of that was part of uh, her bond group then? So I feel like this whole the, all of them it's being manipulated by the resistance by Giovanna by higher ups in the it just doesn't feel like it's the truth for me at least i do feel like a lot of like the resistance information and like that whole part of the plot for me there's a lot of like i don't know if it's me who's not understanding certain things or if there's just holes (laughs) in how that's constructed in the plot because there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. don't quite make sense to me. Or, like, the the way that um, Silas, or whatever the fuck his name is, doesn't know who 
Ollie's bonds are, but then he's working closely with yeah. Atlas's father, who for sure knew, because then Atlas was like, oh, they were disappointed to know that I was one of, in the same bond group as the Draven. So I'm like, how did that information not... Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's going to college with a bunch of, like, resistance sympathizers, yeah. and, like, they all know who her bonds are, and nobody's mm-hmm. like, hey, isn't that the girl you were torturing? You wanted to know her... Like, it just doesn't make sense to me how he wouldn't fucking know. There's things like that that I'm like, I'm choosing to overlook just for the enjoyment of the thing. But like, it doesn't make sense. So for me, I just chalked it up as he's just playing like he knows who her bonds are. And he's just playing the game when he has when Silas has Ollie in his in torture mm-hmm. chamber thingy or the tent. And he's just playing the game just to kind of lure the guys in. I could see that. And also like. He, like, finds pleasure in torturing her. So maybe, like, the idea of her breaking means more to him that, like, than actually chasing her bonds. Like, maybe the idea of her giving up her bonds is what he's working towards because he's such a psychopath. And because he wants to see her break and he's never been able to break her. But then Atlas's mom is convinced that he doesn't know. Because she was like, if he finds out, if he finds her and then he finds out who her bonds are then he's going to want you. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, not everything needs to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah, some things don't quite make sense. But that's okay. Right? Yeah, it's, it's an fine. enjoyable read. I Yeah, I'm still thoroughly enjoying these books. Give me book four. Like, now I kind of want it. Like, I just... Because, okay, clearly this book proved my theory wrong. And it's not, like, one bond per book. Because clearly she bonded with Atlas. And mm-hmm. it was such a yeah. throwaway thing, too. Like, oh, yeah, let's bond with Atlas, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like a throwaway, you know? Like, it's yeah. in there. Like, she choose, like she chooses to bond with North, to like, in the start of the story. And then at the end, she chooses to bond with Atlas. So now, like, she's able to have agency in that. She's able to choose who she wants to bond with now. Great. Um, but this book didn't even really focus on a relationship between her and North, so that's why I'm saying if Atlas does get a book cover, it's not really going to focus on his relationship with Ollie. So It's just funny. She was like, oh, I'm feeling so overwhelmed, so like I might as well just bind myself even tighter with one of them. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> Listen, Atlas is hot, though. He's the tattooed one. Like, don't... I'm not going to pretend I didn't notice that, okay? He's, like, the he's hot. He's all tatted up. Sure. I just, like, I was yeah. so certain in my theory that, like, he was a betrayer. But I, I can say I respect the, the fact that he is trying to go against the grain and not join his family and become a part of that evil cruelty. He does not want to be a part of that. I, I commend that. And I... I recognize mm-hmm. how hard it is to go against your family. I see that and I acknowledge. And you know what? Let's acknowledge something else. <laughs> sure. Ollie has these feelings that she's like, I'm so useless. I can't do anything. Blah, blah, blah. Which is like, again, I don't know where that that's coming from. Because like, you can literally fucking burn it all to the ground. Like, how is that not doing anything, Holly? But I love that he's he's like... I feel that way, you know, like, there's nothing I can do. Like, I know that I'm the least useful person in this group. Like, I'm just, like, 
undestructible, like indestructible. Like how is that useful to anyone in this in these circumstances? I've given all the intel I can. You know, I've I've tried to mm-hmm. help as best as I can and like I just want you to be safe and happy and loved. But like I feel quite useless. And you know what? I appreciated him realizing that and like acknowledging that and not being afraid to say that out loud like he wasn't yeah. his pride wasn't bruised you know he was like yeah i'm not useful mm-hmm. right now i don't love it but like as far as long as you're safe and happy then i'm fine with not being useful here that takes guts you know like there's not a whole lot of men who would admit, admit to that true yeah and i think the guys saw that too as well no yeah griffin was like mad respect dude yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean it's great like he he uh got some great page time he he got a, a few points back okay in book two he just lost all the fucking points but now he's back at like zero to be honest i feel like this is more so atlas's book than it was north's i will agree though i really <laughs> wish the bonding between north and ollie had had the same intensity and importance that ollie and griffin's I wish it was more monumental. But where was the nesting afterwards? Yeah, we didn't see it. I love the I love nesting scenes in like books like this. Right, because that's a quiet moment where they get to connect. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was briefly mentioned. Um, I forgot who talked about it. Um, but yeah, it was just briefly mentioned, and I I would have liked to see it because I just feel like North as a romantic hero, I would have loved to see. And I know we still have three more books to go, so I'm sure we'll see more of it and, like, see more of, like, the progression of the relationship. But I I don't know. I feel like this was the book. This was the moment to show him win her over, you know? Like, it was just, like, briefly talked about. He needed more page time. He needed more. He really did. Like, now thinking back, I feel like we got a lot more of the guys, which I appreciated. But we got a lot more of them and not much of North. And you know what North never fucking mentioned again? What? That one time she got mm-hmm. her period and she yeah. asked to stop to get some fucking painkillers yeah. and he fucking didn't do that. That that was fucked up. I kind of don't <laughs> forgive him for that because she was on her period and pain cramps. And she didn't even have any like pad or tampon or like diva cup, whatever. She was bleeding through her fucking dress. Yeah, she was bleeding all over yeah. her dress. This was the book that he should have been like... I give you a basket of like toiletries <laughs> of everything, some mitle, you know, Griffin. No, to I redeem will. himself. Griffin did. That's what Griffin fucking did. I know. Griffin yeah. did that. <gasps> but North should have done that. North should have said something. Okay, like I'm, I'm honestly, Jay Boy, if you're listening to this, I'm still waiting for that. Okay, it's not too late. It is not too late yeah. to have in book four or five or six. I will even wait till book six for these men to get down on their freaking knees, crawl in broken ass glass and say, we're sorry for, and then list it out. The list. Yeah. Yeah. No, and Agreed. this was the moment, and I'm sure, like you said, it could happen later on in the series where like they recognize how wrong they were. And like, North recognized how wrong he was, but there was no grovel. And I feel like this story kind of needed that from at least Knox and North. Hey, even like, come on, Griffin and Gabe, they all needed it too. But we didn't get it. Not yet. And I don't know. I don't think we will get it. I am certain, I will put money on that, that Knox will be the first one to do it. He'll be the only one to do it. He's the 
Oh my he's, god, I would die if he does. He's the most fucking horrible to her, but I bet you he's gonna be the first one to actually recognize the fucking pain that she went through to save these men and keep them safe. Yeah. Because he fucking understands. I bet you he'll he'll say something and then the others will just never really acknowledge the fact that like she sacrificed a lot. Yeah, and it's like them. it was blink and you missed it. They recognized what she went through. And it wasn't like I would have liked to know like the pain that they felt discovering it. Like I know like you know don't make it about the men. I get it. But also them recognize that their treatment hurt her a lot too and like what she went through to protect them was monumental mm-hmm. and like we didn't even get that yet. Oh, also, could I just mention, I felt really bad for Gabe with, like, his mom. Oh, yeah. 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 We didn't get to see that. Like, Gabe is very alone. Like, honestly, he feels babied by the group, and I feel bad for him. Like, I get it. And, like, you know, his mom is losing herself to grief. And her son isn't really even important anymore not important enough to keep her alive and he d- listen he deserves some love making okay he does he does and i love that little comment he made where he was like it doesn't feel like home anymore his home is wherever ollie is yeah. that was cute well do we have any theories just you know quickly theories for what might happen next i feel like the Knox thing could be that i guess that was a theory we talked about Sage was also a theory we talked about. Do you see Ollie becoming more powerful with bonding? Because we haven't really seen... I guess we have seen the repercussions of her bonding with Atlas. No, we saw the repercussions of her bonding with North. North. She's able to get into their heads and control mm-hmm. them. And she also eats... But she only did it with Atlas. And then she never did yeah. it again. And she also eats souls now. That's a new thing. I wonder what like what else she will uncover about herself in terms of like her powers. That's what I'm curious about. We'll see if uh, we do another episode in like months from now <laughs> on books uh, four, five, and six. We might. I'm just thinking back of like Brutus. Oh, I only talk about those creatures. Oh, okay. Let's talk about them real quick, though. They deserve it. They were so okay. Brutus yeah. had my heart. My whole soul. And, like, I just love Brutus. And he protected Kiri yes. in the bathroom. Yeah. And can I, can we even also. Though, even though Knox was like, he doesn't want to be there. Like, he doesn't want to be with her. He wants yeah. to be uh, with Ollie, but he did it. Yeah. And I, okay, mm. even like those moments before when they found her, like, even Knox had a bit of, like, worry, like, trying to figure out where she was. And, like, I loved that. And I also love that he recognized that, like, Brutus protected Kiri from rape and all of that. And you know what? I appreciate... Let's... We cannot skip over this moment, okay? I think Knox actually deserves quite a few points Okay. okay? Because when they go to rescue Ollie, Knox is literally the only one that goes, shouldn't we actually also go look for the prisoners who kind of also deserve our attention? Like, why why Mm. do we all need to be running for Ollie? Like, hello, there are other people. And he also says she can take care of herself. Which she can. Yep, and she did. But all the others refused to fucking see that. And then he's the only one who went to see the other prisoners and got them out. All right, Knox, you got some points. And you also get points. He does get points. It makes me think about his past and what he went through. Was he captured? Do you think he might have been captured as well? He might have been captured. What if he was one of the kids in the resistance that was captured and, like, tortured? Yeah, that could be it, you know. 
But then doesn't uh, North says like, oh, I never told anyone what happened to him, even William, their uncle. I feel like William would have known if Knox had been True. captured. And then August. 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 Oh my god. I love how when when he's in Knox's room, I think, and then Knox is like sends him away because he just doesn't want North to be, to be present in any capacity. Yeah. And then the dog mm-hmm. is just like, you know, <laughs> grumbling his way back to his owner. <laughs> and I just love that like August was you know, a rabid creature, but with Ollie's touch, he, you know, became dog-like. And yeah, supposedly was the fiercest, most, like, you know, scary uh, of mm-hmm. Norse uh, shadows, and then he's, like, a literal puppy. Same with Brutus. Like, Brutus <laughs> apparently was, like, yeah. the worst of Nox's creatures. Can we also briefly mention just like um whenever Knox is sleeping he has one of his creatures sleep on his chest as like to protect protect him him. yeah but also in book three when he mentions that even the ones that are sleeping on his chest want to go to her they all want to go to her but they stay with him because they would never choose her over him but Mm -hmm. then what does that say how like his power Everything inside him wants to go to her, except... The human part of him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, (laughs) like, 20 minutes ago, uh, you'll have to wait a couple months, probably, to have part two of this episode, which will be on books four to six. Wait, before you end, did you guys... uh, Did we come up with monsters? I didn't really find... Oh, my God. I just had, like, the general idea, like, the societal duties of a central bond... You know, like, she's expected to be a good bond mm-hmm. and, like, tend to her men and, like, also, you know, just follow what they say. And then there's also, like, the biological demands of the bond. Like, she didn't really have a choice mm-hmm. in choosing to bond with them. Like, we briefly mentioned it. You mentioned it, Em. And, like, yeah, that's that's all I had. Like, at first she didn't Yeah, she choose. does say, like, oh, I don't owe any of you anything. But, like, you kind of do, though. It's in the makeup of your world that, like, the central bond is expected to like divide themselves and how many however many people there are in the bond group like yeah also if you can hear really loud panting um on my side of things it's my dog (laughs) (laughs) my dog is breathing really hard (laughs) yeah you wanna yeah okay (laughs) i know he wants hugs he wants cuddles but uh yeah no back to ollie like whenever she like tries to deny it or like try to deny any sort of connection with them her bond takes over so she has no say whatsoever and that happened with griffin she had no say whatsoever she lost her virginity because of her bond in a brutal way in a very brutal way yeah it wasn't her choice and it is like you said fascinating how when her bond takes over the bond is like yeah no i hide these things from her yeah yeah like i hide the worst of it from her so that she doesn't deal with it i deal with it and that's kind of says a lot so how much how much do you think she's hidden from her then probably a lot she's been captured for two years she Mm. was like she only escaped when she was 16 imagine how much torture she went Mm. through yeah maybe we'll go into the monsters more in the other episode if like by the end of the series we obviously have like a clearer uh you know Mm -hmm. view of, of yeah you know the progression of each of these characters and a clearer uh, understanding of this world yeah. 
to be perfectly honest. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. I, 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 if you read along with us, you know, if you read all three books to listen to this episode, I hope you enjoyed them. Uh, let us know who your favorite is. <laughs> As of right now, mine is Knox. What about you? North and Knox. For me, it's North, Knox, and Griffin. <laughs> for sure. I need to have three. I can't just pick one. I can't. The Draven brothers are a package deal, which is why I'm okay with my choice. Fine. Let us know if you have a favorite. Um, you can reach us online. Uh, on Twitter, we are the RTM Pod. On Instagram, we are Romancing the Monsters Podcast. Gmail is Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube if you just search for the name of our, about the name of our podcast. You should be able to find us. And while you're on there, feel free to leave us a little subscribe. Because why not? It's free. It's literally free. Yeah. Uh, and if you're looking for me specifically, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, S, on both Instagram and Twitter at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And that's it. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.